stronger than buildings, taller than big shoes, faster than running. Brilliant. <laughs> um, no, it was all wrong. Did you work in advertising? Yes, I did. <laughs> How can you tell? Listening to Air Out My Shorts with Preston Buttons and the Word Whore. I'm Preston Buttons. I'm the Word Whore. You're listening to Air Out My Shorts. Air Out My Shorts. Cha. I know. It's exciting. Hmm. So, um, so have you made any interesting patterns with your wet spots? Oh. That's the first thing I was going to ask you. <laughs> I asked yes, first. Yes, but, but now I think I'm reading too much into them. You know what I mean? I'm trying too hard. It's it's like staring at one of those uh, stupid pictures where you're supposed to see something. Now. I'm, just, I'm just inventing stuff now. But I believe I made a penguin and a hedgehog. That's, that's good. I didn't bring them to get a second opinion, if that's okay. I <laughs> <laughs> thought that would be just going a little too far with the whole thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, still feeling a little fucking guilty over the wet spot episode. Guilty? A little. Hmm. Not losing any sleep over it. I made a, a, a dolphin and, uh, and Delta Burke, actually. Delta Burke! Fucking right. That's a big one. That, yeah. <laughs> That's a big butt spot. It had, it had been a couple of days. Jesus. Do you have any help with that? <laughs> nope. Nope. I did I, it all I by would, myself. I would say it takes at least a, a threesome or, or maybe an orgy to make a Delta Burke wet spot. Well, I didn't say it was life size. Still, if it <laughs> resembled her, it had to be large. <laughs> Relatively speaking, yes. What about it looked like Delta Burke? Was it just her face? Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't the whole body. Good. I'll work on that over the next week. Uh, otherwise, I was going to congratulate I'll you on your it. on your success in finding a G spot, but <laughs> guess not. Oh, brother! I was pretty proud of the hedgehog, and no, it didn't look like Ron Jeremy. It actually looked oh. like a hedgehog. The a animal. hedgehog, not the, the hedgehog. Yeah, the animal. Anyway, uh, we went to the 606 Soiree at 606 King West Mm -hmm. in Toronto. It was fucking fabulous. It was a a good time was had by all. I had a great time. I had a really, really good time. Too good. (laughs) Good good enough to be scraped off the floor and put in a cab. You know when the Zamboni has to come by when, when it's all over? That it was a good party. We didn't even stay till the end. Which is crazy. I left fairly early, but I started drinking at like four o'clock on Thursday. So that's true. Fair enough, right? A- after dumping you off, I actually went for last call. Oh yeah, somewhere else. Yeah, which you know didn't really do do me any good I'm by sure, that point. I'm sure it didn't. And I think I was speaking in Other tongues. Than, um, well, you definitely were. You left me seven drunken phone calls calling me a drunk. <sighs> I was infuriated when I listened to them the next day. Did I, I? Where the fuck do you get off? 
leaving me drunken, gibberish, slurring phone calls, calling me a drunk. That was the whole gist of the message. You were just going, you drunk, you drunk. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah, when I went to, I went to Tarot afterwards. You're local. And I don't want to know what I was saying, because I know that... I'm sure they're used to it by now. I, I know that I wasn't making sense to myself, and usually, you know, that's a bad sign. Mm. If, if I don't even know what I'm saying, then perhaps it's time to go home. Yeah, I should at some point be cruel enough to play you back the messages you left. I won't do that to you. But I oh, well, see, I would find I thought it amusing. It, I thought it was, you just find it shameful if you listen no, to I yourself. Just, I just <laughs> thought it was completely out of line that you were calling to call me a drunk while being absolutely unintelligibly <laughs> intoxicated. It's my sense of humor. Oh, yes. Yes, you were all about the irony at that point. I was. Sure. I always am. Yes. Don't I'm, forget it. I'm sure you were right on top of that. Well. We, we should air out a short. Yes. We're going to do something by Michael Beckwith. Yay, Michael Beckwith. Uh, it's actually a continuation of, uh, of princesses and their slinkies. And it's really fucking long, so we're only going to do as much how, as we how possibly can. How many episodes can. ago was that? Um, I don't know, three or four, I think. Okay. Will the, we? Uh, will we have to do a recap? I guess we can. In the the first episode, this princess has a slinky and wants to get married. Yeah. Because she's not happy with just the slinky itself. Well, because those buggers are sharp. Damn uncomfortable. And uh, a little floppy, floopy, unpredictable, unreliable. Flaccid. Flaccid. Downright fucking flaccid. So, in the story, the... Uh, yeah, I remember it now. There was an elevator and the, stuff. Well, let's get on with it. Yeah, all right, get on with it. I wasn't holding you up. A Dandy Fairy Tale, Chapter 2. When we last left off, the princess and the knight were set for marriage. Now the king was kind of weary about the whole marry someone you just met who can work a slinky like no other idea. But he wanted Princess Deborah to be happy, and if this would make her happy, then by golly, this would happen. He would do anything for his daughter. Daddy, buy me a vibrator. Okay, dear. Now that she had Sir Michael, she was going to be able to throw that vibrator away, which was a great relief on the king's wallet, since batteries were rare in this kingdom. Throw the vibrator away? I know. That's just wrong. Well, it's a fairy tale. I'm a little upset. Never throw them away. They're never obsolete. Always useful. Mm. And I'm thinking about that right now. And you should, re you should really have one for every day of the week, just in case. The king had a special order from the Americas, and they ripped him a new one with each batch ordered. $500 for a crate. And that's before shipping and handling. Believe me, the princess used them batteries up fast. The whole kingdom was abuzz, preparing for the spectacular wedding that was to fall on them. Banners of every color imaginable were strung around the villages, and it was a prosperous time with everyone in great spirits. Shortly, though... A dark cloud would settle over the kingdom, and a visitor from the past would make his presence known again. 
Soon it was the day of the wedding, and the princess was pacing back and forth with nervousness. All of a sudden, she heard a loud clamor. Sir Normuth. Sir Normuth. <laughs> Sir Normuth. I have to meet this man. Sir Normuth had made his return. Who is Sir Normuth, you ask? He was a childhood friend of Princess Deborah. Sir Normuth was demanding to see the king. What is this travesty that I hear of? Demanded Sir Normuth. Why, it's the wedding of my daughter, said the king. What the fuck? She can't get married. She is already married, shouted Sir Normuth. Shock and awe spread through the church crowd at the sound of this, and everyone started whispering among themselves. Surely you are mistaken, Sir Normuth, for I do not know what you are talking about. Why was the king the Martian? <laughs> you were making me very angry. Yeah, he was. Marvin the Martian, remember Marvin? Princess Deborah had since joined the crowd to see what was going on. Normie! What in the world are you doing here? I'm doing that. Okay. Fuck off. Normie! What in the world are you doing here? You showing up on my wedding day of all days! Yelled Princess Deborah. Oh, I didn't really yell that. Should I? Normie! What in the world are you doing here? You showing up on my wedding day of all days! yelled Princess Deborah. I'm preventing something that shouldn't even be going on, Debbie, said Sir Normuth. What are you talking about? We've been married for 15 years, you tramp, said Sir Normuth, and I'm here to claim my wife once and for all. Well, where the fuck has he been? <laughs> I'm tomcatting around, probably. Good for him. As soon as he said that, he picked her up over his shoulder and carried her away. My dear daughter, someone please save her, shouted the king. Sir Michael, having very bad timing that day, had managed to fall asleep and slept through all of the events. The king started looking for him and found him in his dressing room. Damn it, Sir Dumbass! Your bride-to-be is kidnapped, and you're in here sleeping, exclaimed the king. Huh? asked Sir Michael promptly hiding his playboy and taking his hand out of his pants. My bride? Kidnapped? Yes, said the king impatiently. At that, Sir Michael ordered his blue steed to be prepared as he geared up for the heroic rescue. Give me my sword, dammit, for I shall slay the person who stole my bride, shouted Sir Michael. He grabs his sword and runs to his blue steed. Since he's a ghetto white boy, and white boys can't jump, he fails a few times, forgetting on his horse. Oh, yes. Stirrups, stated Sir Michael. After a few more attempts with the stirrups, he finally manages to mount the horse and ride off to the worst place in the world, Disney World. This doesn't look like the place that would hold a fellow evil knight, said Sir Michael. 
this place is geared towards little kids who have big imaginations, yet are still naive. Can I ask you a question? No. Why? <laughs> Why not? What's your question? Why is Sir Michael Keanu Reeves? Why is Sir Michael being played by Keanu Reeves? I just thought it was appropriate. He's an action star. <laughs> I was pretty impressed. Were you impressed that I actually knew? Yes, who, I was. Who you were doing? I thought I thought I was going to say you're going to ask me who that's supposed to be. So yeah, that's all right. Excellent. <laughs> so he rides through Disney World to do a slight case of sightseeing. Oh my. There's the owner. Hi, Michael Jackson, shouted Sir Michael. What? That's ignorant. That's ignorant, said Michael Jackson. Uh, whatever you say, dude. I just need directions to Sir Norma's castle, said Sir Michael. <laughs> Get in your fucking phone booth. <laughs> It'll take you there, dumbass. With that said, Sir Michael completes his tour and leaves, all the while muttering, Fucking pedophile. <laughs> Meanwhile, at Sir Normoth's dark castle over in France, Sir Normoth was trying to have his way with his so-called wife. If there was one thing that Sir Michael hated more than Sir Normoth trying to make Princess Deborah squirm on a riding crop, it would be the French. So this was double revenge for Sir Michael. Slowly, Sir Michael made his way up to the doors of the castle, where he came upon two doors. Each door was guarded by a shield that had two heads coming out of the top and bottom. Hey, I've seen this before. In that movie, Labyrinth, exclaimed Sir Michael. Damn, that's a good movie. I want to stick Jennifer Connelly on my wing and spin her around on it a few dozen times. Thousand. A, a few thousand times. Well, that makes more sense. Yeah. Anyways, back to my mission. Okay. Which one of you dumbass doors will lead me to the goblin, uh, dark castle? Each door pointed to the other, and that greatly aggravated Sir Michael. So he drew his sword and threatened to chop if they didn't start talking. The right door, being the pussy he is, finally confessed and said it was the left door that would lead directly to the castle. So the left door's shield moved to the side and allowed Sir Michael to pass through. Before he closed the door, Sir Michael left one last comment. Nice piss puddle under you, Mr. Right Door Shield. That caused the shield to turn bright red and to run off crying. Now it was an upstairs battle for Sir Michael to climb. And this castle put Princess Deborah's tower to shame. Going back to the princess in her current predicament, she was now tied, gagged, and sprung up against the wall with no clothes on. Sprung up against the wall? Why did she leave this guy? I know. Fuck. Now, Princess Deborah, tell me where this one ring to rule them all resides, and I'll let you down, said Sir <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck's going on here? It's a mishmash of pop culture and all kinds of... It's a grab bag. <laughs> the grab bag of uh, the <laughs> fantasy film world. Sorry. Said Sir Norman. 
Princess Deborah could do nothing at all because she was tied and gagged, so she just looked down, all the way down to her private area. Sir Norma saw what was happening and looked as well. Oh my God! Or, OMG! You didn't! exclaimed Sir Normoth. Yes, she did. She turned the one ring to rule them all into a clit ring. What the fuck's going on here? <laughs> I like this story. <laughs> this is better than all of them. I have to pee. <laughs> I do. This was to no avail. Could Sir Normoth recover the one ring to rule them all now? Oh, sure he could tug and pull on it, but that would just make Princess Deborah squirm and release fluid. After a few and rounds... And you wouldn't <laughs> want that. <laughs> After a few rounds of tugging and a bucket full of water, that's water in quotes, Sir Normoth finally gave up on recovering the one ring to rule them all. Damn trends. These days it's not shocking to pierce anything, muttered Sir Normoth. Do you want to go pee? Uh-huh. All right. While all of this is happening, Sir Michael is trudging up the seemingly endless flight of stairs. Thankfully, Sir Normoth was a fan of food and provided a Burger King store on every 50th floor. Ooh, a bacon double cheeseburger, exclaimed Sir Michael. Once Sir Michael was done ordering his food, he went to find a seat. A few minutes later, Frodo Baggins and Samwise Gamgee sat down at his table. Well, hello, Sir Michael, said Sam. Sir Michael, being a bit curious as to why a couple of hobbits sat with him, asked them what they were doing. Oh, we gave up trying to destroy that silly ring, said Frodo. Instead, we are off to destroy another evil, yelled Sam. Oh, yeah? What's that? said Sir Michael, a.k.a. Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Frodo and Sam looked at each other for a second and then turned back to Sir Michael. The, the McDonald's Corporation! They both said at the same time. Good call! cheered Sir Michael. Soon they were all done with their meals and were saying their goodbyes. Good luck on your quest, Sam and Frodo, yelled Sir Michael as the two headed down the stairs. Yes, good luck to you, Mr. Sir Michael, yelled Sam before tripping over Frodo, causing them to roll all the way down the steps. Oh, that had to hurt, said Sir Michael before continuing on his quest. With newfound energy, Sir Michael raced up the steps, sensing that he was near. Not three floors higher did he start to hear a faint moaning. Sounds like someone is knocking boots on the other side of the door, whispered Sir Michael. Being the curious one he is, he cracked open the door and peered into the room. What he saw put a gasp on his face. Holy shit, it's Benefer! Benefer too, Electric Boogaloo? I don't know. After he realized who they were, he closed the door ever so quietly and continued on his way. So the rumors are false, he thought to himself. They are still together. Eventually, Sir Michael arrived at a door, and on the door there was a sign. 
Sir Norman's chamber, if it sounds of sex emitting from room, either come back later or come in naked. This caused Sir Michael's blood to boil, and he burst into the room. What he saw when he got in shocked him so much that he passed out on the spot. Princess Deborah had to revive him and explain what was going on. Now I know what you saw was a real shocker, but let me explain, whispered Princess Deborah. After the first bucket of water, Sir Normoth came clean with what he was feeling inside, and he asked me to help him with his problem. So that's when I donned my mistress outfit and tied him up like a little bitch. After assuring him that everything would be all right, I called forth his butler and ordered the butler to strip and get behind Sir Normoth, thus officially making Sir Normoth the bitch to the butler, Butch. <laughs> this was a lot of information for Sir... Wait, I'm not... <laughs> it's not a lot of yet. fucking information for everyone. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! I haven't clapped in at least ten podcasts, but I could not help that one. Thus officially making Sir Normit the bitch to the butler butch. This was a lot of information for Sir Michael to soak in, but he assured everyone that things would be all right. With all that went down, it was easy to forget that there was supposed to be a marriage going on back home. So all four of them raced back to the kingdom as fast as they could. Father, father! Yelled Princess Deborah. My dear, you're all right. Thank God you're all right! Exclaimed the king. Yes, I'm fine. Thanks to Sir Michael and a bit of a private talk with Sir Normoth. Giggled Princess Deborah. <laughs> well, let's get back to this wedding thing, shall we? Said the king. Um, better make that a double wedding, your highness, stepped in Sir Michael. The king looks befuddled at first, but then suddenly understood. Both couples then approach the altar, while servants awaken all of the sleeping guests. We'll do the quick version of a wedding, said the priest. Sir Michael, do you? Yes. Princess Deborah, do you? asked the priest. Princess Deborah glanced at Sir Michael and smiled. I do, said Princess Deborah. I now pronounce you husband and wife, said the priest. You may now kiss the bride. As soon as the priest finished his sentence, the two lovers embraced and gave each other a kiss to die for. Now, on to our second wedding, said the priest. Do you, Butch Butler... With a heavy French accent, the butler says, Wee oh, wee! Oui, oui. Do you bitch Normoth? asked the priest. Sir Normoth looks at the butler, then lets out a couple of tears. I do. I now pronounce you husband and. husband, said the priest. You may now kiss the. groom. With that said, they both go at it so hard that they fall on the floor with more than one ass getting groped at the same time. I think this isn't our place, stated Sir Michael, as he led his new bride out to the blue-steeded coach. They jumped into the carriage and rode off into the sunset, with the carriage having the phrase, 
destined for a second sequel written on the back instead of the traditional Just Married. And that is part two of uh, A a Dandy Fairy Tale. A Dandy Fairy Tale, which came to us first as Princesses and Their Slinkies. Yes, by Michael Beckwith. I guess that was a working title. (laughs) Michael Beckwith. Say it, it's nice. (laughs) Michael Beckwith. Beckwith, Beckwith, Beckwith. You're on the air with pressing buttons and the word whore. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> Hello, baby. Hello, baby. How you doing? Billy Lace had a pretty face. I'm all right. I'm at this fucking rooftop around the corner from my new building and uh, sitting here by myself. By, by yourself? <laughs> I am so cool. Which one is it? It's called Minaj. Hmm. <laughs> but there's no chicks here. Just a gang of dudes watching <laughs> wrestling. There's no, there's no etois? <laughs> no, 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 it's wrong. There's not even an A. Menage A. Ian for wrestling fan. So you're at a sausage party? Yeah. Five. <laughs> Five sausages. It's not even a full pack. You guys got any questions for me? Mm, I do, actually. Have you ever had sex in a theme park? In a theme park? Yeah. Um. Front lawns, backyards. No, not a theme park. Hey, didn't you have sex on a front lawn just last week? Yeah, I did actually with one of my sister's friends. That's bad. <laughs> it was fucking terrible. Uh, aren't aren't <laughs> having aren't, sex with a fucking stump of wood? Aren't sisters friends <laughs> off limits? For me, sweetheart. <laughs> Slap me in the face. Do something. Show me you're alive. You gave me permission to do this. Let's partake in it, sweetheart. <laughs> Don't worry, I won't tell my sister. <laughs> I always thought sisters' friends were off limits. No, man, that's prime fucking stuff. Oh, it's it's friends' sisters that are off limits. No, even that's good stuff, too. They just can't find out. Everything is on limits. <laughs> so you don't follow the regular guy code at all? No, I have my own code. Mm. Fuck everything. <laughs> I hope my mom never, ever downloads any podcast. <clears throat> Ooh. Are you allowed to talk about the British chippy? The British? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I fucked her. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Way to make a long story yeah, short. Yeah, it's uh, fascinating. <laughs> yeah, wow. I just had to fucking bond. On Friday, I had this other place for my buddy's birthday. You know, I, I'm telling myself, uh, you know, after the whole day of I'm never drinking again and I'm not smoking and the stuff we all do. Um, I end up at the bar and I, okay, I'll go, but I'm going to be home by 1230. And as soon as I get there, I like, (laughs) I'm dumping a 26 or a crown royal down my throat and I'm in fine form. And, uh, there's these two strippers on the dance floor. (laughs) One was a rhino and one was a fucking hyena. And they were grinding up against each other. Like they were trying to create some whole new species. (laughs) They're trying to get me to come on the dance floor. I was like, hell no, I'm not getting in between. That's just a sandwich you do not want to be a part of. (laughs) Like if I knew a word that would describe these girls worse than filthy, I would use it. Like, they just look filthy. And the fucking, like, I think I have a bad mouth. This girl was making me blush the shit that was coming out of her mouth. It was disgusting. It was fucking disgusting. <laughs> hey, I, I, you piqued my curiosity yeah. here. Oh, I, I sounds like a know. scene out of Shallow Hal. I am Shallow Hal. <laughs> <laughs> I get drunk and they all look amazing. It's like that fucking <laughs> banana hand guy put a fucking spell on me when I'm drunk. <laughs> 
home with all sorts of creatures. My apartment looks like Jumanji. It's Jack Daniels that puts that spell on you. It's it. It's not Tony Robbins. Oh, Tony Robbins put the spell. And yeah, believe me, fucking, there's been some creatures up in my. I slept with a golem once. It's <laughs> like you've got that. You've got the island of Doctor Moreau going through yeah, your that's apartment. Right. Island of Doctor Moreau is my fucking the notches in my bedpost. <laughs> I have some really great images going through my head right now. I, I end up talking to this really nice waitress broad. And then I call her yesterday, I get her machine, I leave a message to go for dinner, and I never hear back from her. I probably won't, because fucking women are idiots, and they, they only want you when you're fucking drunk and telling them to fuck off, right? Some. Seriously. <laughs> women are idiots. No offense to you or buttons. <laughs> <laughs> well, none taken. Uh, on behalf of both of us. Hey, hey, would you have sex with Keanu Reeves? Would I? Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't be the same, though. He'd walk funny for a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Would you sleep with Keanu Reeves? What, what kind of question is that? Um, He just starred in our short story. I'm just trying that must to... Have been I'm a trying to force... Story. I'm trying to force a tie-in. It's not working. <laughs> like a long story. <laughs> what are you up to this weekend? Ah, uh, this it's weekend. Monday. I don't even know. I don't know what I'm doing in an hour. I wish I could go to fuck the bed, but I didn't wake up till like 4 p.m. because I'm a piece of trash. <laughs> I slept all day, nursing another hangover. You slept all. You didn't even go to bed that late. Yeah, you did. You did go home early last night. I wasn't in the mood. For you drinking. seemed really down. It was like walking into a wake when we hooked up with you last night. Because uh, my liver died. <laughs> <laughs> We need to have a burial for the bastards. If I'd known, I would have brought flowers or something. I had no idea. Flowers? Yeah, something. What? One of my Miami friends said that uh, Irish people have two livers and Canadians have two livers, so I actually have four. Oh, like a cow with stomachs. Yeah. So we actually have backups. How many udders do you have? Um, I don't think I have any udders. <laughs> Superfluous nipples? Um, no. Just just regular ones. Regular ones? I have lazy nipples, though. Are they dinner plates, or are they like toonies? Or loonies? Um, toonies. I've seen dinner plates before, and I've had to pull the shirt back down. <laughs> yeah, that's not attractive. No, man. But you, you know what's... The, you're, like, you're looking at CDs. The most important... Holy smoke! The most important nipple quality, though, is color. I don't think so. I've seen nipples that are like batteries, too. Like, the actual, like... Nub that sticks out. Oh, that's not a bad thing. Double A batteries. I don't know. I was. I don't think that's a bad quality, is it? You want to be able to hang something off there. No. Oh. You guys could hang like three weeks of laundry on there. <laughs> it depends on how big. Really? Yeah. It'd be funny if we didn't have nipples. Know why males have nipples? Because they're fun to play with. And what else would I clamp those uh, electrodes onto? My left nipple is very sensitive. Just your think, left? I don't know if it's common for guys to be like, but like, I'm always getting girls to lick my nipple. I love it. It's one of the greatest things on the planet. There's nothing wrong with that. But your right one doesn't like it at all? Yeah, it's okay. It's just like, don't waste your time. Go back over there. <laughs> the other side's more sensitive. Women, too. Weren't you talking about your left ball being bigger? Everybody's left ball is bigger. No. Or is it the right one? Well, I think it depends. Oh, yeah, on the position of the head. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, 
if you're teabagging <laughs> penis forward or like facing her ass or facing the wall. I don't have a fucking camel toe already. You're, you're saying you're saying if someone's beneath you, your left and right balls change positions. <laughs> In their, in their eyes, yes. He's, he's talking about perspective. I know. I don't know. I think, I think my, my left is bigger. You only have a left. <laughs> well, that's why it's significantly larger. The other one hasn't dropped yet, which explains <laughs> your voice. <laughs> it's in his throat. <laughs> yeah, that's right. His Adam's testicle. <laughs> hey. That wasn't I'm all defenseless. That mean. And defective. Nutless. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to hang up the phone. Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye. Well. Yes? That was interesting. It was very interesting. Michael Beckwith, Michael Beckwith, Michael Beckwith. Stop copying me. Buttons is looking at me. Stop uh, so, looking um, at me. So, that was quite a story. It was a wonderful story, and I loved it. Yeah, I can't wait till part three, although part three... Mm is a lot longer than part two. Oh, really? I believe so. I was amazed so. we got through part two in one episode. That's yeah. fucking unprecedented. Well, we can maybe work on part three later on, see maybe we can break it into two parts or something. Sure. But it's so such engaging storytelling. Absolutely. That, uh, that you don't really want to mess with that. You can't fuck with that. You can't fuck with that. Thank you, Michael Backwith, very much. I'm going to go home and make a Mickey Mouse-shaped... Uh, wet spot. I thought you were going to say that you're going to go home and throw out your vibrator, but... Hell no. You're going to buy extra batteries for it. And the fact that you said vibrator singular is just proof yet again that you don't know me at all. Well, I didn't want to peg you as a whore or Mm. anything. That's not a whore. (laughs) Whore requires external people. Yeah. Other parties. I just label them Monday through Sunday. Post-it notes. Remember those underwear? I don't know if they had them for boys, but they had them for little girls. They were labeled Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. uh, It was really cheesy. I certainly didn't own any. It was a very 70s thing. I didn't own any either. I just remember them. Speaking of underwear, I grew up having, uh, I was going to say tidy whities Yeah. But, of course, they were never actually really tight. Or white. They or were white. always There's that bad blue, blue color. Exactly. And uh, they were never actually quite... Uh, to me, those are the stereotypical little boy underwear. Yeah. The blue with the white elastic band. And then I bought boxers and never went back. You never went back? No. Hmm. No, I don't have any tidy whities I have thongs, but I don't have tidy whities I can't imagine wearing boxers because I would think they would bunch up in your pants. They, they do sometimes. Like when you put your jeans on over top of boxers, I would think you'd get all this like bunch, crotch bunch. and. Well, you don't get crotch bunch, but the, the legs. So yeah, like top to, top of the thigh w- yeah. when you sit down You bunch. have to. And that's not attractive because yeah. then well, people no, think you've you, got you, cottage cheese you, thighs. You push it down so that it's How? not bunched up. How do you push it down? Well, once you pull up your pants, you stick your hand down your pants, and then you you push down the legs. Yeah. Although I think they am actually see. I don't have. It's a good explanation up. for why your hands always down your yeah, pants. Yeah, that's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. On that note, good night. Bye. You've been listening to Air Out My Shorts with Preston Buttons and the Word Whore. Air out your shorts by sending your short stories to. 
shorts at theitspot.com or visit us at our website at theitspot.com. Era or shorts? My.